This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It all started with Don Cherry's infamous You People rant that led to his firing. Then Akeem Alou, a Nigerian-born NHL player, came out against former coach Bill Peters, saying he used racial epithets a decade earlier while Alou was playing for the AHL's Rockford Icehawks. Since that happened. Many other former players have come forward with stories of unprofessional conduct on Peter's part. He ultimately resigned just yesterday. The coach of the Dallas Stars was fired with few details and dozens of former players from the NHL, OHL, WHL and minor leagues have come forward with stories, abuse, be it verbal, psychological, physical, sexual and It is nothing less than a reckoning in the game that has been compared to the Me Too movement. I think it reflects a shift in society as a whole on the question of what's acceptable and what crosses the line into bullying and abuse. I'd like to hear from you out there. Uh, Many of you probably back in the day had kids going through hockey that were subjected to this. Is the change good? Uh, did they get it right in the old days about what was the best way to motivate people to put in their best performance? I do want to hear what you have to say about this. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now, joining me here in studio, Walter Rigabon of the NAS and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, and on the line from Vancouver, Matthew Young, founder of Personal Sport Record. Welcome to you both. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me here, Libby. Thanks for having me, Libby. Okay, let's start with Wally. You've already covered this subject. You know, how do you see this reckoning is the only way to put it? We had a good show on Sunday. Um, We talked about it, and uh, on uh, on the podcast, the the headline of the podcast is Coaches Under the Microscope. Um, How do I see it? It, it, You want to call it a reckoning? I I guess you can say that. the society has what's happening in general society is of course of course um transferring itself to the coaching ranks um and i think that was inevitable a lot of this discussion that we call reckoning um i i'm not so sure that this is an epidemic in sports uh certain individuals are being called to account I just want to be careful about where this goes. Um, There's no question certain behaviors are intolerable. They've always been intolerable. You know, to to suggest that 30 years ago, certain of these things were, uh, may have been tolerated more than they are today. But what was wrong now, to a certain extent, if it was physical abuse, if it was mental abuse, it it was always wrong. I think we're, we've come to the point we won't accept it anymore, and, and that's a good thing. 
I just want to be careful. I just want to make sure as we expose these things, we don't necessarily throw a lot of good people under the bus because there are a lot of good people out in the coaching ranks, both professional and in the in and in 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 minor in minor uh, youth sports. Let's not forget about the contributions they make. Let's not lump it all together. Well, yeah, that's that's always a danger in any kind of situation like that. You know, the revolution eats itself. Let's bring Matthew Young in. What's your view of this? Does it? seem to you like the Me Too movement? Yeah, I have to agree with a lot of the points that were just made. Uh, I, I agree that you can't just uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater because there are a lot of people doing a lot of good things. Um, how, however, it is something that needs to be reckoned with. Um, you don't have to worry if you're doing a good job. Uh, it's the people that aren't doing a good job that need to be concerned uh, and or simply understand that there is a change in culture. There's a demand for it. So um, they can make a choice. Either they're going to uh, try to educate themselves on what the new athlete and this new society um, will endure going forward, or is it time for me to go and do something else? And, and I think that is a, a good thing. It's a good thing for sport. Um, I think that it is um, um, systemic throughout the sport system. Uh, and somebody brought up a really good point um, in last week's conversation, you, you know, it's it's one thing to be demanding; it's another thing to be demeaning, and and you can demand without demeaning. I think when we the the gray area always seems to be that verbal abuse because it's it, it's not deemed as harmful as the uh, or, or blatant as the physical or sexual abuse, but you know now our learning with neuroscience with 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 a lot of the conversations that are happening from former athletes, uh, we do know that it has an impact. We do know that it can be just as significant, if not more. So, you know, that's really the gray area, in, in my opinion, um, is the isolation, the harassment, and the bullying. And it's interesting because they're all covered in our workplace uh, um, environments, but they don't extend to the sports sector. Sector, and I find that strange because you know if there's anyone we should be protecting, it, it should be our most vulnerable kids. And I think it's a really good opportunity just to just revisit that. Well, you say, know, but it, it's it's interesting when it comes to that. As you say, it's a gray area, but it, a lot of that can be subjective, you know. So one person's uh, regular critique can be an, another person's bullying, and certainly with uh, you know younger people who have not been uh, disciplined or whatever, you know, they, you know, you know the, there's a line there. And I think that's what you're referring to, Wally, that it can be difficult. Libby, I, I look at this from, from both perspectives. I've been a coach. I coached minor hockey for probably 15 years. I coached minor soccer. My kids all played uh, minor sports. Uh, and this is not in today's environment. I'm talking about the mid-1990s. And, um, I, I, you know, to, to a certain extent, you know, being coached is not easy, you know, and, you know, you're getting, I don't want to talk, I mean, and then there's the distinction between professional and where it's in the workplace mm-hmm. and we, and we all understand workplace standards and, and is a professional dressing room. Uh, of course, it's a place of work. Of course, there's workplace standards. Of course, an employer uh, it's an employer-employee relationship, but is it the same as being a boss in an office? 
I don't, I don't, I, I think it's got a lot of similarities, but it, it's got, it's different in a certain sense because you're out fighting on a professional arena, uh, trying to motivate these high paid athletes. And you know what? The reality is sometimes you have to yell at them. Now, I get the part where you yell at them where you don't want to be demeaning and a coach can go beyond the line. But, you know, there have been time-worn motivational techniques, um, some good, some bad, some of which are under the microscope. So, yes, it's an employer-employee relationship. Yes, it's an employment place. But something about it tells me it's a little bit different. And then there's then there's the whole issue of of uh, minor leagues and totally different amateur, issue altogether. Amateur, I mean, a lot of parents complain about the treatment their kids get in in amateur sport, and you're thinking, well, you know, you're sending your your kid for Correct. some sport, and they're getting this kind of abuse. I, I, I I'm sorry. I know, I know uh, Matthew might have some point. I'll just interrupt really break because I want to, you know, I want to give Matthew his chance. I, I tend to talk too much on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. So, um, amateur sports. Um, there's a lot of good people who coach in amateur sports, but you're going to read some. You're going to read some about some of the bad ones. Of course, some kids are going to go to the arena. They're going to get uh, verbally abused by their coach. We've got to get those coaches out of the game. There's no question. There's some great organizations in Canada. We had a show about two years ago where we talked with Lorraine Lafreniere, who's the chief executive officer of the Coaching Association of Canada. It's a tremendous organization. It certifies coaches. It establishes ethical behavior. Uh, all organizations today are responsible. I'll leave it at that. Let's. I, I want to get Matthew uh, an opportunity. Matthew? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I agree with that. And, you know, it's interesting in the professional level, a, a lot of good points were raised there. If you look at what some of the professional level coaches are doing, both at the varsity level and the, and the professional level in the NBA and different sports, what's coming out now is, is a completely different style of coaching. Uh, one with, one that has more of a, a, a trust-based, uh, leadership-based uh, kind of or centric um, appeal to players where you know, it's not, it's a team. We're, we're actually a team. So I think that that's good. I think it's a good example. I think, it, you know, to the point that points that are made, it's trickling over into other sports. I think that is a new way going forward. I think we obviously know a lot more now on motivational techniques uh, than then. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be times where we're hot or we're using different techniques. It's, it's really different for different players, different athletes, young men and women, uh, you know, but by and large, that that's the point is is that in hockey and and particularly in the sport of hockey it's gone on a little bit too long and i think it's a great positive thing i think it's a great opportunity to look at it reflect and say okay um you know what positive changes can we make and and you, you know like the points that have been made there are a lot of positive changes that are being made and i think that's good for the whole system so you know, yeah, we can focus on the bad. Um, the bad are a small percent. Um, they're too much of a small percent. Any percent is too much of a, of a percent. And I think we need to really help uh, parents and athletes understand what they should and shouldn't expect from their from their sport experience. That's a very I mean, good point. Let's take a call from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. 
I, I've been involved in coaching, uh, well, not for a long time, but I did about 15 years of it with my kids. <laughs> Anyways, uh, as far as hockey goes, you want to talk abuse. There's a lot of parents that, that deal out a lot of abuse to coaches, to referees, and to kids. But that being said, you said it was the Me Too movement. I'm, I'm wondering when it's going to be the, 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 the Me Too, you know, when they're going to come after me for something I've done. I grew up in an era where I played hockey and coaches would demean you in the dressing room after it. And you know what? That was all part of it. When I was in grade seven, if you were put outside the classroom and Harry Archer, the principal of the school, came around and caught you out, he would literally pick you up by, under the armpits and he'd throw you against the lockers. It was a different era. Why do we have to go back and focus on all the negatives instead of all the positives that have come out of those generations? So what are you saying? I, I mean, looking back on it, when you were demeaned in the locker room, uh, do you think that should change or did that motivate you? I think we need to get over it. It was a different time, a different era. My son, when he was eight years old, was playing. He was a pretty good little hockey player. Anyways, he came home one day after a game, and his head was basically down the whole way home. He said, what's wrong? What's wrong? Went back the next day. It was a tournament. One of the parents came to me and said, my son said, if the coach ever talked to him the way he talked to your son yesterday, he would never go back there. Well, you know what I did? I went and I dealt with that coach, and that was the end of it. The coach learned something. And we set it straight. You know, nobody needs to be destroyed over this stuff. I, I, I couldn't. Okay, Bill, I'm going to let you go and let the guys respond. Thanks so much for Thanks. your call. Okay, uh, Bill, and sorry. just before we get to Wally's response, I'm going to give the numbers out again. I'd like to hear from people's take. I'm sure there are a lot of people who maybe are out of hockey for a while, but but have their experiences. What do you think of what's going on now? The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Go ahead, Wally. Uh, I think Bill raises a, a really good point, is um, certainly we understand what's appropriate behavior today. I think we do. And I think the NHL... They've been meeting out in California, and they've come up with a new rule of conduct for coaches. They've come up with an assist line for for a helpline for players to call in. You know, certain things are being put in place on a go forward basis. Uh, we won't tolerate we won't tolerate anymore what was I wouldn't say ever acceptable behavior, but behavior that didn't end up in serious consequences. But how far back do we go? How do we evaluate? It? How do you evaluate somebody's behavior twenty-five years ago, uh, or ten years ago, in the context of what we understand today? I think it's a very slippery slope. We've got to be careful about it, and 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 you know the 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 consequences of something that happened ten, fifteen years ago should be seriously looked at in terms of: Do we really want to destroy careers for certain events? Do we want to destroy families? Let's let's. I, I think our responses to these things is perhaps should so be let me, let me be ask a little you, bit more measured. Let me ask you this: Do you think it was reasonable to fire Bill Peters? He didn't. Over? He didn't get fired. He resigned. Okay, no, I don't, but I don't want to split yeah. hairs. Yeah, that's very difficult because it's a racialized incident. Yeah, I, we talked about we talked about that on the show Sunday with Butch Carter, former Raptors coach, and 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 Butch's take on it uh, was that. 
if the apology if if people issue a genuine apology perhaps the punishment uh should be a little bit more measured perhaps 100 hours of community service uh perhaps you know having to do work in some of these communities not necessarily just firing somebody if it's one isolated incident and it, the behavior has been exemplary for the last I, 10 years. I don't years. think it was an isolated incident. Well, and I'm not uh, suggesting that it was, but Butch is suggesting you have to you have to evaluate each incident in the context of of what happened and how somebody behaved afterwards. Okay, and I and, I want to give you just a sec, Matthew. I just want to give you a few stats before you respond. So, uh in a report published last April, by the U of T, roughly 60% of athletes reported experiencing psychologically harmful behavior, 20% sexually harmful behavior, and 14% physically harmful behavior. Uh, those numbers are, uh, I don't know, they don't look good to me, Matthew. Yeah, and, and it's really, I, I, I'm really concerned that we're trying to split hairs between abuse. I mean, abuse is abuse. And, and it's very clearly defined. There's three different kinds, um, the, the harassment, the bullying, um, the isolation, uh, the physical and the sexual. Um, it's all abuse. So we can, we, I, I, I pump the brakes when we start talking about, well, it was only verbal abuse. We have to be careful of that. But to Bill's point, he, he, he makes a good point. And what we have to consider is this. Um, the reality is the saying is you coach the way you were coached. Um, but the, the the challenge is now parents no longer parent the way they were parented, and teachers no longer teach the way they were taught. It's unacceptable. Um, in, in back in the day, if we want to go back to the old days, if you got yelled at by the coach and you came home and you told your parents, your parents would yell at you for doing whatever you did that the coach yelled at you for. That is not the same scenario now. And we can point fingers. We can talk about uh, whether it's right or wrong in our own opinion. It's the reality. So if two out of three very significant influences in young, and I'm talking about young people here and the young athletes, if two out of three very significant influences in their lives have changed their approach around discipline, around accountability, well, then the coaches have to also fall in line with those changes. And and they can do that without compromising um, the, their way they're coaching, their coaching strategy, etc., Okay, let's take a call from Dan in Toronto. Hi, Dan. Dan? Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I was a uh, manager and trainer for a double-A hockey team in the 90s for several years. And uh, so I had exposure to several coaches, uh, mostly from other teams, but the ones that certainly on my team never had any uh, they, they were not abusive in the slightest. <clears throat> uh, the other coaches may have been here and there, but nothing that stood out to me personally. What did stand out, however, was was the parents. And over those years, there's not one single year that I didn't have at least two or three parents that I was shocked at their behavior towards their own children. Uh, brief, Some brief examples. One parent who didn't think his child was playing well enough, and he was, at that year, the star of the entire team, uh, so far better than anyone else, but because he didn't play up to the father's and, and, and mother's uh, expectations, they made him walk home carrying his bag and, uh, in the middle of the winter. And uh, another 
Another one grabbed his uh, son's face mask and shook it. So many of them were from the stands and they're screaming at their kids. Uh, and, and not in a nice way, not in an encouraging way at all. Always negative. Um, I, I, that, that so annoyed me and, 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 and went against everything I believe that children's sports would be. The way I dealt with it is that <clears throat> I went to the organization's uh, executive, found out what my powers were, and I called them all in for for a meeting. They all thought it was going to be another boring budget meeting, but in fact, I just sat them all around the table and I said, let me tell you a couple of stories that, that happened. So uh, one parent in this room did this. Another parent did this. And I told related about six or seven stories. Uh, so each of the parents would know who they were. But, of course, nobody else knew. Maybe they, they could have guessed. And I said, so here's the thing. Let's just assume for a moment that you're a golfer. You're out there and you hit your tee shot and your son is watching you. And on your tee shot, you slice it into the woods. What would you think if in front of everybody, your child says, you idiot, why am I even here listening to watching this? This is absolute garbage. Dad, take me home. I don't, I'm not going to stand here and watch this. What would you think of his behavior if he did that to you? Well, that's exactly what you're doing to your child. Uh, so Dan, you know, you're, Dan, you, you're bringing up a, a very good point because uh, you can discipline coaches, but uh, it's the question is what happens to the kids in their families? And Dan, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah. Okay. You're very, very welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. So that's a whole other thing to deal with, Wally. Well, you're dealing with human beings, right? And, yeah. uh, and you know, coaches have challenges they have to deal with. Um, and, 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 and I, I think what we're trying to do is create a positive out of a negative. And, and we understand negative, the negative behavior and the abuse. And I, I think we can all agree it, it's intolerable. It, it just, you know, it's, it, in, I wouldn't even say in today's day and age, if you abuse an, another human being, when has that ever been right? I, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, if you live by the golden rule, which is do unto others, do unto, like, I, I don't think any of this so-called behavior has ever been right. Now the now we, we're exposing it. We want it changed. There's been all kinds of uh, programs uh, that have been available. Coaches have to be certified in in the minors in the in the youth programs. You got coaches associations. There's standards of behavior. We we want to move forward to, but coaches have challenges to deal with too. Have you ever have you ever had to coach twenty kids on the ice at the same time? You think they're all behaving all at the same time? And that they don't, and you don't have to modify their behavior sometimes. Well, those are some of the challenges coaches have to deal with. Matthew? Yeah, I agree with Wally. And, and, you know, Dan raises a good point, although the topic of this is is the coach abuse. No question, um, the, the parent, the parental. Um, you know, involvement in their in their youth sport and their child sport has has escalated to a point where it also needs to be reeled in. But it, th- those are the same things that need to happen. So, so the same measures that we're talking about, the same standards, the same requests that we're putting in on coaches, we we have to be able to 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 be willing to do on ourselves. And and from our experience, and, and again, I've got a lot of experience coaching. 
that's an engagement issue. That's not an education issue. You know, having an edu- parent education night, no parent wants to be educated on what they think is going to happen. But if you have an engagement, if you, this is all about behavior change. Um, and while I hit the nail on the head, so, so how are we going to start to change behaviors? And not all of the behaviors, you know, you know, uh, John Maxwell, 25, 50, 25, 25% of the people are going to be on board with positive change. 50% are going to be undecided. 25% you couldn't taser into thinking differently or positively, yet we spend all the time on the bottom 25. We have to get to the point from a parental or coach perspective that we, we pull the pin and let the caboose go off the back of the train. If people want to be in, then they're in. So this is all about the culture of an organization from the top down. Uh, what is that culture? How is it communicated? How are we onboarding the coaches, the officials, the parents, the athletes into that. Um, there are a lot of good tips and strategies that you can do to do that um, at the beginning of the season rather than sending the stock standard questionnaire at the end of the season when you can't change anything and it's been a terrible experience. So I think that that's the opportunity for us going forward is to work with all these great organizations, and Wally mentioned quite a few. How do we create that culture how do we hold people accountable to the standards of that culture? All of us, athletes, coaches, officials, parents, to the best of our ability. And how do we, and what do we do when we come up with people, whether it's the athlete, the parent, the coach, or the official, who, who decide that they're not going to embrace that positive sport culture? Okay, uh, we have time for one more call. Keith in Stouffville. Hello, Keith. Oh, hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, great. But, uh, yeah, no, this is a hot topic. You should have an hour of this one day. You'd have lots (laughs) of calls in, I'll tell you. And coach, like coaches, too, they're under pressure to win, even if you're in a minor hockey. You know, you'll have parents going nuts because, you know, their kids are are not getting enough ice time or whatever. And most my son's a coach in AA, too. And, you know, he gets a lot of pressure from that, you know. And uh, as far as, and you got to watch sometime you're not throwing out the, the baby with the bathwater. You know, Mark Crawford, here's a guy, okay, that guy that was the complaint about him, yeah, he was a problem everywhere he is, that player. And, you know, he said that Mark Crawford kicked him, what, in the shin pad, when the guy had a shin pad on? You know, I don't know. I know they're investigating that now, and I hope that he, you know, I know Mark Crawford, and I'm sure, I'm I'm hoping that he doesn't get fired for that. And, of course, he coached, uh, uh, you know, the, the guy in the Maple Leafs, or the best player on the Maple Leafs, you know. So, anyways. Maybe. Anyway, Keith, thank you very thank much you. for that. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, we're basically out of time for this segment. Uh, Matthew, what would you like to leave us with on this yeah, well, first of all, thanks for providing the platform for, for people to talk about it. I think that's the first step is the conversation. But then I think we really need to get into the the, the activation and accountability. We, we do a great job in Canada about putting out all the information and education on what is long-term athlete development, what is athlete you know, a pathway or a coach development pathway. Lots of good information and education. We fall short on the activation and accountability. What happens when uh, something goes sideways and how can we get to it and address it in an expedient and fair manner? Okay. And Wally, what would you like to leave us with? I'd like to say this is an important debate to the extent that might change some way some way, some behavior of some coaches. I think that's fantastic, but let's, uh, let's be careful. Let's be measured. Let's not forget about all the good people who either from a professional point of view or from an, uh, uh, an amateur point of view, uh, do a fantastic job. Let's, uh, let's not forget about them. 
Okay. Thank you so much, Walter Rigabon and Matthew Young. Appreciate your time. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.